Hello, and thanks for joining our podcast today. I'm Michael Grant, Senior Pastor of Faith Worship Center International, right here in Columbus, Georgia. In harvest season, it's important for us to remember the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, which he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. That means it's time for us to get busy sharing our faith with others. On that note, I'd like to share with you a series entitled Sharing Our Faith. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. So get your Bibles, pen and paper, and let's get prepared to dive into the Word together right here today. This year, God has given us a platform to speak upon concerning faith, more specifically revenant faith, meaning we as his people are coming back to our faith. We're coming back to the element through which everything is possible. All things are possible, the Bible says, to those who believe. We understand that faith is a divine persuasion. It is something that God provokes, awakens within us as his people so that we can accomplish his very will in earth just as it is in heaven. Wow, what a responsibility. What a great conduit through which his will can be fulfilled, that he has called us to be his sons and daughters, that we can, by faith, cause what's going on in heaven to be taking place in the earth. Look at somebody and say, he's talking about you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're talking about you because the next time we see Jesus, we're going to be getting out of here. Anybody believe that? The next time that that we see our Messiah, the next time that we see our Savior, it'll be that he's coming to receive us back into the sheepfold that we may stand before the Father. Now, we know at which time we'll be judged for every single thing that we have done since we received Jesus as our Savior. But we are thankful for God for sending his son, Jesus, that we might have access to life and life more abundantly. That leads me to believe that we as believers, we got to get busy. We can't be sitting on our hands just letting what happens happen. We must be very intentional about the things of God. Nudge somebody and tell them it's time to wake up. Yeah, now is not the time to kick back, relax, and just enjoy life. While you're enjoying life, you'd better be intentional about what God has assigned us to do. The Bible tells us in the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse number 15, Jesus was very specific with the instructions that he left with the believers. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation. It is our assignment as followers of Christ, those who have been left to do the work and the bidding of our Messiah, that we are intentional about preaching the gospel. Now, you may not be a preacher, a radical hollering man like me, but there's for sure a word in your belly that's specifically been planted in your life for you to share with others. And so God wants us this month to be talking as a church family, specifically on the subtopic of sharing our faith. When we're talking about sharing today, we, we are specifically 
speaking of showing and or telling someone the message, showing and or telling someone about your faith. That means that you must be intentional. That means that you must be on your game. That means when you leave these four walls, you're looking for a sinner. You're looking for somebody that's going through a hard time. You get excited when you see someone who's in need because that's an opportunity for the need meter to meet them right where they are. And you don't have to worry whether he's going to show up or not. All you have to do is just take one step and I promise you he'll be right there to answer their plea, to answer the call, to be the assignment, to be the answer, the remedy to whatever the need is of the individual that you're going to. He said he'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. And he would not make us ashamed. And so if you're bold enough this month to start sharing your faith, I guarantee you that God is going to do exactly what's necessary to bring results to what we need concerning his gospel. Somebody say it's time to share our faith. Along the lines of faith, God has, has given me a message and I put it in book form. And that book is being released today here at this church. Praise God. Isn't that a special thing? God has given me this opportunity to pen the message of principles of faith uh, fundamentals to effectively live by faith. Now more than ever, we need to be sure concerning what we believe. We are exiting what has been named the postmodern age, and we're entering into what I refuse to be titled as the post-Christian age. Did you hear what I said? What it's trying to be labeled as is the end of the, the, the Christ, of Christianity being the great majority concerning the, and I'll use my air quotes, the religions of the world. And I'd say like my mother used to say when she would babysit our boys back in the day, not on my watch. No, ain't nothing going to happen to these children while, I'm, while I got them. That needs to be our approach to life. Our posture on life needs to be that this, this, the Christian faith, the belief in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it ain't going to become a thing of the past on our watch. As long as there's breath in my body, as long as I got the activity of my limbs, and as long as there's a voice that I can release, I'm going to be sure that the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached unto all nations, to all generations. Every generation going to get an opportunity to know who Jesus is and they going to get saved. I wish somebody in here had a tenacity like I have. We're not losers. We have not lost. The gospel of Jesus Christ is still the only answer to life and life more abundantly. I don't care how many self-help classes they release in this earth. At the end of the day, after you go to your counselor and after you do your woosah and after you Hakuna Matata, the next thing that you're going to need is to know who Jesus is. And so somebody ought to say, not on my watch, not on my watch. No, this postmodern age, we find that people are, uh, have been speaking whatever their truth is. I want to speak my truth. You've even heard people say that. I'm just going to speak my truth and I'm going to be what I do, what I do and believe what I believe. And I'm here to tell you that now more than ever, we need to know what we believe. So God has given me this, this message and I've made it. It's been, it's been uh, uh, explained as a very modern explanation to how to live by faith. And so if you want to know how to live by faith, to walk by faith, to apply your faith in this modern day and age. This is a powerful book that God has given me to release in this house specifically, and we're going to release it. Uh, it's already been actually re released nationally and internationally. Uh, Y'all pray for your pastor because the nations are calling me. They are. Yeah. 
Yeah. The nations are calling. There's an, uh, an opportunity for me to go, I'll just say, across that water uh, next year. And so the planning has been set in, into motion. I'll specifically let you know the details once we lock it down. But uh, the nations are calling. That means that what God has placed in me, that the legacy is living on, that we are an international church, an international people. We're a global ministry, and so I'm excited about that. And so this is, I said that to say that this book has been released nationally and internationally already. And so, but we're releasing the paperback here today. And I have two that have been donated for individuals to receive as a gift on today. Before I give you that, when you get your little blessing, we have a little bookmark in here that says, read and email your review to our email address that's listed below. We want to hear what you think about the book, and we want to make sure that we market this book accordingly so that it will go out to every nation who's willing to receive it and be a blessing to everybody who it touches. Amen. So let's see who traveled the farthest. Does anybody travel from uh, Atlanta or farther? Lift your hand. All right. We oh goodness gracious. I got a heap of y'all. Okay. Okay. So I see. So who has uh, not been here before and you traveled from Atlanta. This is maybe your first or second. Okay, got one there. Got one there. We're going to give give to this young lady. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you for being with us today. Pray that book is a blessing to you. Who else is from Atlanta? Maybe you're not a member here. From Atlanta area, not a member here? No, or from farther than Atlanta, not, not a member here? Okay, God bless you. Can you, can you give this uh, to that young lady back there with the beautiful hat on and y'all celebrate her pray that that book is a blessing to you amen all I ask you to do is once you read it email us so you let it let us know what you think about and how it's blessed your life okay we praise God for that the rest of you there are books available listen there are limited supply out there as a matter of fact that first service group they bought eight nine books a piece <laughs> So what we're doing is if if we run out today, we'll extend the discounted price for the book to next week. How about that? OK, so if, if but you got to reach the table today and I don't just pass by and say, oh, I came by. I want to get mine next week. We got to play it fair. Right. So when you stop by the table, let them know, hey, I'd like to get one. See if they have them. If they do, you can get them uh, two for twenty dollars or one for 15. And then if they run out, of course, we'll extend that to next week. I'm excited because, like I said, that book is going to be a blessing to you as you read it. Listen, friends, there's I sense by the Spirit of the Lord, that there is a spiritual transfusion that's about to take place within the people of our nation. Specifically, I believe even in our region, there's a spiritual transfusion that's about to take place. As a matter of fact, it's already begun. If you hear me by the, by the Spirit, it's kind of like when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well. He said, the hour cometh in, in John chapter 4. Uh, and he said down in verse 20 on through 24, the hour cometh and now is where those who worship the father will worship him in spirit and in truth. He said it's coming. But if you're if you're here, if you can hear by the spirit, it's already available to you now. It's within our reach. There's a spiritual transfusion that's that's preparing to take place in the lives of the people in our region and in our nation. Uh, never before have we seen such an intense level of darkness that has flooded our communities in such a rapid and repetitious form as we've seen it in our lifetime, as we've seen it even within this last year. Locally, within the last week, there were 11 shootings in 10 days 
11 shootings in 10 days that has taken place. And I don't want to stir up any emotions on that because I know some of it may have touched people in this congregation. But I want you to see, I want you to reflect and remember what God spoke to us in years past in this house that he was about to prepare and make the climate right for people to turn their attention to God. He was going to make this. He was, he, I, I, matter of fact, I spoke on it last month. If you remember, I said, God knows how to turn the heat up just to the right temperature to make people get they get their feet good and hot and looking for a way out of situations that they've gotten themselves in. That's what's happening before our very eyes in our community, in our region, in our nation. Things the climate is getting hot. Listen to me. This is the Lord's doing. By his permittance, he's not, watch watch this, he's not harming people, but what he's doing is his grace is being lifted. You don't want to hear me in here today. His grace is being lifted, not for the sake of doing harm to those, but what he's doing is he's removing the grace from the prayers of those who labored in intercession for many years. And he's causing he's causing his grace to be pulled back so that people will see that they need him like they've never needed him before. And so they'll stop living off of the prayers of those who came before them and they will turn their hearts to him that they may have a relationship with him personally. It's the Lord's doing. Yeah, God knows what he's doing. He's not alarmed by it. Heaven is not on alert mode. Heaven is excited because souls are about to be turned back to the kingdom of God. There's about to be a heavenly divine transfusion where the blood of humanity is about to be removed and the very DNA of Jesus Christ is about to be infused into the existence of individuals God is causing his spirit to touch lives who were written off cast out and nobody thought that they were going to ever turn around they are coming to attention they're saying who is God where is he please show me because I'm in need of him yeah, these people, they want to live. One thing's for sure. They might want to do what they want to do. They might want to live their life. They might want to YOLO. You only live once. But one thing's for sure. When their life is on the line. Yeah, they start, they start, they start looking and saying, oh, I didn't know it was that serious. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, God is saying, yeah, I told you one day you was going to need Jesus. I told you that, that at some point every knee was going to bow and every tongue was going to confess that he's Lord. Now is the time for confession. Now now is the time for humbling yourself. Now is the time for Jesus to be seen as Lord. Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah chapter, chapter 60. He said, for behold, arise, shine, for your light has come, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. He said, for darkness has covered the earth and gross darkness has covered the people. That's what we're seeing right now. That's how in 10 days, 11 people can get shot. That's how in our nation there can be such racism, there can be such prejudice, and there can be such a, a, an agenda that is attempting to divide the people when we were getting along just fine. Almighty, and there's been this agenda to try and make us look at each other cross-eyed and crooked tail and, and look at each other like we can't trust one another. That's the reason that it's because gross darkness has begun to cover the people. But that's when the righteous are at their best. That's when the light of God is revealed in its greatest glory. When the illumination of the word of God is in its greatest splendor. It's when the world is at its darkest, bleakest moment. Somebody say, it's my time to show forth the light of God. 
Absolutely. So, so, so there's a spiritual transfusion. There's a purification that's about to take place amongst the people of God. God is about to purify. Some of us have been stuck in our old ways. We've been stuck in things that God had grace for us. But now what he's about to do is he's about to release a fresh water, an outpour to cleanse us of our unrighteousness so that we might be able to be trees of righteousness, that we might be able to be example for who can ascend into the hill of the Lord and who can come into his most holy place except he that has clean hands and a pure heart there it is the cleansing of our hands and the purifying through the transfusion of righteous blood that's why the blood there's power in the blood of Jesus don't you let nobody tell you no different you can pray as much as you want to but there's power in the blood sometimes you don't have to pray words you just say the blood the blood the blood the blood the blood the blood He that has clean hands and a pure heart. So God is posturing his people in the midst of darkness to be the light, the example, the standard. And it becomes our, our responsibility to, to be blood donors, if I can say it that way. Yeah, yeah. It's time for us to take this righteous, this divine transfusion that we've re received and begin to be available to share the blood with others. I'm not talking about your actual blood donation, but what I'm talking about is spiritually, you must be willing willing to release what God has placed on the inside of you as he's cleaned your hands and as he has purified you from within see that's the thing we've been judging each other by our external appearance but God said it ain't in the external it's in the internal it's what's going in on the inside of you is your blood clean can I use what's on the inside of you to help somebody else when they're in need can I pull on the vats to the to the can I pull on the the chromosomes on the inside of you to help somebody else that's dead and a about to enter into eternity in an unrighteous state. See, see, we, we, we've been transitioned from being uh, uh, living souls into being life-giving spirits. There's power in our blood. There's power in our word. There's power in the words that we speak. But we must be willing to share our blood, to share in the faith, to share what God has released before us. And so as this transfusion prepares to take place, know, please know, understand, and believe recognize that God needs us he needs us the climate has been made ready there are people in your own space and in your own world who have had wake-up calls just this week just this month just this year who've had divine wake-up calls because of the weight of darkness that's been heaped upon their lives and what God is saying is I'm about to use that for my glory all of them might not turn, but you best guarantee that some of them are about to come out of darkness into the marvelous light. If I were you, I would start putting names in the atmosphere. I would start saying who they are. I would start proclaiming. I would start saying, yes, Jesus, save Johnny, save Will, save Susie, save Couture, whoever they are. Put their name in the atmosphere right now. Don't wait. See it. Say it. See it. Say it. Now is your opportunity because they're about to be changed by the power of the living God. But they're going to need you. God needs you. He needs you. God needs you in this moment. God needs you in this moment to be his conduit of light, to be his conduit of righteous blood, to be his conduit to use, to release the God gene. God Almighty. To release the God gene into the earth. God needs you to be in relationship with people and to release the gospel, the good news so that they can be saved by the power of his presence. A transfusion is coming, and it's coming fast. It won't tarry. It won't take long. 
the climate is right. Darkness has covered the earth and gross darkness has covered the people. But the light that has arisen upon us, a.k.a. the glory of God, the evidence that he is who he is. What am I telling you? It's time for you to start expecting miracles, signs and wonders. Ooh. It's time for you to start expecting situations that look dead to come alive. It's, 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 it's time for you to start expecting, expecting. For expectation is the breeding ground. Ann Hartman used to say, for signs, wonders, and miracles. Nudge your neighbor and say, get your expectation up. Yeah, because God is about to work a miracle right before your eyes. Hallelujah! I want to put some context to how this is going to take place. I know that blessed you, but I want to put some context to what, how it's going to take place. It's very simple. It's very elementary. But yet we sometimes we overlook elementary things because we're looking for a great wonder to take place. But God, uh, uh, God tends to use the simple things or the foolish things, as, as Paul told the church of Corinth, to confound the wise. God likes to use stuff that they say, oh, don't worry about that. Ain't nothing to that. That's just them folk over at church. That's just my auntie. That's just my grandma. That's just my crazy cousin that love that love talking about Jesus. Yeah, God wants to use that the foolishness of preaching of the gospel to change and turn a world upside down. That's what God wants to do. But he's not coming back to do it. I told you at the pre- at the beginning of this message that God, the next time we see Jesus, he's going to be coming to get us all. And so while we're here, it becomes our responsibility to be the extension. That's why the Bible says that Jesus is the head of the body and we are members of the body. So you see, while we got our head up in the clouds, did anybody catch that pun? While we got our head up in the clouds, while Jesus is not here in the earth, but in the third heaven, it is our responsibility as the body to fulfill the work of the head while he's away so we must get busy topic of the month sharing our faith we must be diligent in in maximizing opportunities to tell others about our divine conviction our divine persuasion of who God is it becomes our responsibility to be intentional about looking for times now listen to me in times past we had to be very discreet as believers We had to make sure that we went into the workplace, making sure that we didn't offend anyone with the gospel because there was a turning of the tides concerning the the, uh, seven mountains and those who rule. They were really coming hard after the voice of the gospel. But now what has happened is the people are suffering because of the rulership of darkness. So now they don't care what you call it. They just want help. I wish yeah, yeah, they didn't. See, we thinking that we gotta box it a certain way, and we gotta not offend them. No, 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 no. Just call him by his name. His name is Jesus. Yeah, just, just, just tell him who he is. Not stop being so politically correct and just share the gospel. Yeah, we're making this thing too difficult. We're putting too much pressure on ourselves, and that was needful in that season. But it's a new season. And we can sense the change just as just as symbolic as yesterday when it was in the upper 90s. And by the time the sun went down, we got up this morning and we got a little frigid chill down our back. Because when we came outside, the climate had changed because the season was manifesting. I'm just trying to get you to see by the spirit of God that the season has changed. You don't have to dress it up, make it all pretty. The people are so overwhelmed in darkness. They just want to see the light. Somebody say just. Show me the light. Oh, they want to see. 
And so we must be intentional about sharing our faith, not worrying about who's going to be offended and so on and so forth. And if they so happen to, to, to come against you because you're sharing it, the Bible said, blessed are they who are persecuted for my name's sake. God Almighty, it's a blessing. You ought to rejoice if they try and write you up at work for them, do it for you saying something about Jesus to one of your co-workers. You ought to get excited about it. You ought to say, thank you, Lord, because they're persecuting me for your name's sake. I ain't telling you to go out there and intentionally use your job now. But I am telling you to take the weight off of thinking that you got to be a certain politically correct way. Listen to me. This is the most offensive age we're going to ever live in. Everybody gets offended easily. So I'm t- any way you word it now, somebody going to get offended. So just, just, just realize that now is the climate is set. The season is speaking that now we can begin to share the gospel. We can share our faith. The Bible talks about this in Philemon, if I can say the, say the gentleman's name correctly. I'm from America, not from uh, Greek, uh, Greece, so I pr- pronounce it the American way, bless his name. But the Bible talks about as Paul sent this letter to Philemon um, in the sixth verse of, it's only one chapter in this letter. He specifically gives him something that's really, really important concerning uh, sharing and, and, and allowing the gospel of Jesus to be advanced in a more efficient manner. In conversation, Philemon chapter one, verse number six, it specifically says, and I'll start at verse four. You can leave six queued up once you get it there, media ministry. The Bible says, I thank my God making mention of you always when I'm praying for you because I've heard of your love and your faith, which you, which you have towards the Lord Jesus and concerning all saints. But my prayer for you is that the communication of your faith become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus, that the communication of your faith, somebody say communicating faith, that the communication of your faith become effective. Paul tells Philemon, he says, listen, man, you're doing a good job, but you can do better. You've been good at what you were doing for a season, but there's another level. There's another glory available to you. There's something else I want to fulfill through you. I want to make you even more effective. You did a good job under my, the people did a good job under my leadership. Philemon, you did a great job when I put you over that church in that area. You did a great job of, of being an example, but there's more. There, you can be more effective. Woe be to the person that thinks you've arrived just because you'd have made a little success in your life. You do know that success is not a license to settle. Yeah, yeah. Success is not a license to just say I've arrived. No, success ought to be motivation for you to accomplish bigger and better things. And so Paul tells Philemon, he says, listen, man, you're doing great, but I want you to be able to communicate your faith more effectively. Uh, New King James Version, it specifically used the term communication. It translates it to sharing. It says that the sharing of your faith. Does that sound familiar to us? Living for God and that the sharing of your faith be more effective. Faith Worship Center, please, listeners, please listen. God is not telling us that you're not doing a good job. He's simply telling us that we can be more effective. More effective. Look at this this full house of worship today. That's a good thing, but there's a more effective manner. There's a more effective way, and I believe that as we converse about this throughout this month, God is going to give us the insight as to how to be more effective in the sharing of our faith. And today I'd like to give you one key, one tip. I'm going to go with real fast. But I'd like to give you five keys to 
effective communication. Somebody say effective communication. You do know that what you say is not necessarily what a person hears. You ever been in a conversation with someone? I got my, my media ministry. I asked them to put a couple of, of pictures up for you. You're going to chuckle at these. Uh, I will go, go over them with you in just a second. But you ever been in a conversation with somebody and you said one thing, but it was clear after the conversation that they heard something totally different? And you're thinking, what did, did who, who were you, what happened, I don't know that. what just happened? Because I know I said A, B, C, or D. But what you've shown me is that I, you think I said something totally different. For example, your children may be walking around the house and you say, before you get into your entertaining things, please make sure that your room is clean. Right? You're thinking, I have clearly communicated what I want done. I want a clean room before I see you out entertaining yourself. You come home from a hard day's work. They've been at school all day. They come home. You see them playing the PlayStation. And you're thinking, well, if they're playing PlayStation, surely the room is clean. You go up into the room. You see things are everywhere. You're confused. Why? Because what you said, clearly, they didn't hear. Now you pulling out straps, switches, belts, brass knuckles, whatever you do. And you're ready to deal with the situation. But the question is, did we effectively communicate with reference to who we're speaking to, what we're trying to say? Something that is effective means it, it produces the expected results. It produces the expected results. Got a couple pictures for you here. If you can put that first picture up, this will tickle you. Right, effective communication. Two guys go fishing. One of the guys, he gets the reels. He gets the bait, and he tells his buddies, hey, make sure you bring the tackle now so that we can catch these fish. He said, I got it covered. He said, all right, we get there. Did you bring the, did you bring the tackle? Yep, I brought the tackle. He has an offensive lineman. <laughs> offensive tackle there, ready to make a big block or a big play. Somebody say effective communication. Next picture, this one will tickle you. The guy goes to the tattoo parlor. He says, man, I got this great tattoo I want. I want a tattoo of a dragon with some cool symbols underneath. Can you do that for me? Tattoo artist says, absolutely. I got you covered. Take your shirt off. Bend over. Got my little needle in my ink. I'm ready to go. Tick, 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 tick. Ah, he said, oh, it hurts so good. But I'm, I'm gonna show him. I'm gonna, when I go to the beach, they're going to see this dragon tattoo. And he puts himself in the mirror and he says, a dragon with some cool symbols underneath? The words are there, not the image. Clearly, you communicate it, but not effectively. Sometimes we think that common sense leads people to understand what we're saying. But I'm here, let me, can I, can I give you a clue? Can I give you, can I, I give you a rude awakening to this modern day and age? Common sense ain't as common as you would think. It's just... <laughs> You would tell somebody, turn the lights off before you leave. You would tell somebody, make sure you lock the door. You tell somebody, make sure you wash the dishes. You think that's just as clean, as, as clear as possible. But it ain't as clear as you would think. So, 
Could it be that the same is true as to why it's being said that Christianity or the Christian faith is weaning away in our modern day and age? Because we're assuming that people understand what we're talking about when the reality is there is a generation that's uh, stepping into leadership that have never really heard the gospel of Jesus. They've been churched until they church shoes have holes in them. But they've never met him. They don't know who Jesus is. And so it would behoove us as believers to understand how to now effectively communicate the gospel so that we can give an answer and so that we can cause this blood transfusion from natural to spiritual to begin to take place. Can I share with you just for a few moments five keys to effectively communicate? I can't hear nobody. There we go. All right. There's that excited class. I was worried for a second. I, give, I want to tell you something before I tell you about these keys. I was on my way out of the door this morning heading to church service. I had my bag in hand. I had my little hanger with my coat. You know, y'all make me sweat myself out between uh, in these services. So I brought my, all my stuff. I went out the door. You know, they got these new locks where you can just push buttons and the doors lock. So I'm all excited. I'm headed out to the truck doors, you know, getting out. And I get to the truck and I'm thinking, OK, something's missing here. It's my keys. Right. I got everything in my hand, but I don't have any keys. So though I have prepared myself to leave without keys, I can't even move. So before we step into this whole, I'm ready to win the world for Christ, let's make sure we got our keys. Nudge your neighbor and say, don't leave without these keys today. <laughs> don't leave without these keys. Five, five simple keys that I want to leave you with concerning effectively communicating. This can really be applied to anything, but we want to specifically address it to uh, uh, speaking or releasing or spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Key number one is simply this. Know your message. Know your message. In short, the message that we are releasing to anyone who we come in contact with, it directly connects to John chapter 3, verse number 16, which says, God loved the world so much. He ain't mad at us, wanting to kill us. He's not ready to destroy it. Matter of fact, this whole, you know, destruction of the world thing is going to be one of God's most heartbreaking days. If you know him as a father, not a judge, you're going to know that when he has to bring an end to this creation that he created to be in relationship with, it's going to crush his heart. He's going to, there are going to be tears running down the, the proverbial eyes of God because he doesn't want to destroy us. Anybody who tells you that God is looking forward to that day of judgment, you better guess again. He is not excited about that day. He is not looking forward to the moment to destroy the earth and the things that he created in it. God so loved the world. The message that we're pushing, please never forget this, is a message of love. Now, it may be some tough love that we have to release. There are truths connected to this message of love that are wake up calls, which means if you don't accept him and if you don't allow him to lord you into righteousness, then you will be disconnected eternally from this loving God. That's a wake up call. But the message that we are releasing is truly a message of love for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You got to know that message. More importantly, you got to own it. You got to take ownership of it. You can't just tell somebody, because the Bible says John 3.16, that God so loved the world. They don't want to hear that. They want to see your love. 
They want to see John 3.16. They want you to see them in their mess, not judge them, not cast judgment on them, not speak them into hell, but to tell them right there, right in that place of addiction, right in that place of controversy, right in that place of disobedience, God wants you to be free. God loves you right there. That day of fire and brimstone sending people to hell, this generation don't care because they feel like they live in hell right now. And so to spend an eternity in hell, I mean, just more the same. So our message, we got to know our message and we have to own it. John 3, 16, God loves, and it's, it's, we, the message is content, but it's also context. What do I mean by context? You have to connect a, a present person in a modern day and age to the content. You got to reach their context and connect it to the context through which Jesus came for them. They don't want to hear about, you know, what happened back in, in, in over 2,000 years ago. They want to understand that what happened is relevant to today. God loves you right now. God sees you right now. God sees your value. Though everybody has told you you're worthless and you're just going to be like your sorry daddy. God loves you right now. You got purpose right here, right now. And he wants to pull you out of that, change your DNA, and cause you to be just like your father in heaven. Amen? That's the first tip. First tip is what? Know your message. Key number two is know your audience. Imagine that. Realize that the people who you're releasing this message to, they're not. And I, and I know, you know, we, 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 we go back and forth in the body of Christ over this whole, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a saint as just a sinner who falls down and gets up. You know, I, I'm not going to argue that concept no more. Right. What I know is I'm going to heaven. What I know is because of Jesus, I've been saved. But what I also know is if I'm sharing this gospel of love by way of Jesus Christ with someone else, I can't, when I'm sharing it with them, I can't make them feel like I'm better than them or even there's this huge gap between who I am and who I have become and who they are and where they are in their walk right now. Turn in, turn in the Bible to Ephesians chapter number two. This is a powerful statement I want us to not miss out on. Ephesians chapter two, I'm going to read a few verses of scripture so that we don't uh, think too highly of ourselves than we ought to. I want us to realize that we're all saved by grace and when we're, when we're identifying with our audience, we must relate to them according to this context. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter two, verse number one, and you had he quickened who were, somebody say I was, who were dead in trespasses and sin. You see how he starts out the message to the church of Ephesus saying, listen, realize that when you're talking uh, to somebody else, don't forget that he's made you alive because you were once dead. Keep reading. He says that once dead, wherein in times past, in verse number two, it says, you walked according to the course of this world. Funny how, how, how believers get saved and they forget that they used to cuss, fuss, fight, fornicate, adulterize, all the things that the Bible say don't do. And some of them still doing it today. I'm going to keep it going. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So wherefore in times past, we're going to keep that in the past. Somebody say, leave it in the past. In the past, you walked according to the course of this world and according to the prince of the power of the air, the same principalities that's, that's uh, influencing them to live contrary to the word of God, whatever that contrary posture is, we used to walk according to that same thing, right? And it says uh, uh, that the spirit, that not even that spirit, 
spirit that now worketh. Here it is. Here's the answer that, of knowing your audience that now worketh in the children of disobedience. In the what? One more time. In the? So we are children of obedience. The people who we're going after, who we're sharing our faith with, they are disobedient, but they still what? Never forget, we all got the same daddy. <laughs> See, when we start thinking, oh, 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 I'm, I, I, don't, I don't fool with unsaved folk. I don't fool with folk that I don't fool with folk. When you think, when you think you're too better to fool with certain types of folk, that's when you get yourself in trouble with God. Because lest ye fall back into that same foolishness that you used to be drowning in, and like I said, today still dabbling in. Look at me in that tone of voice. We all, we all are, are, are navigating through the process of sanctification. You catch any of us on the wrong day. You might get a choice word or two or three or four or five or a sentence or a paragraph, maybe even a book. Might be locked up behind bars. Come somebody, come pastor, come bail me out now because I, I lost my lingering for about... <laughs> we done came out of religion. Somehow you found it and lost it again. <laughs> So when we're talking about knowing our audience, I got to hurry. Talk about know that our audience, they're our brothers and our sisters. See, one day we're going to get this concept that God is our father who is a judge. One day we're going to get this concept. I'm going to say that again. That God, who the world calls God, he's our father. And he just so happens to be a judge. And so since our father, who is a judge, is, since our God is our father, everybody, he created all of us. So I'm not looking at anybody else like I'm better than them. The reality is we're all in the same family. I just got some lost brothers and sisters who he wants to bring back into the family. We all came from Adam. And so we make this big old thing about going back to Africa and all that stuff. I wish we could stop doing we, no, and I'm not trying to make like that. I don't have no reverence. I'm just saying, that's not, stop majoring on the minor. <laughs> if you go to Africa, you wouldn't know where your peoples came from. I'm just saying. So, so and if that's your, I got to be careful. Because if that's your thing, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying, there's something, there's bigger fish to fry. We all come from the first one that God made. And so above the fact that my ancestors are who they are, my ancestor is who he is. And he was the son of God. And when he messed it up, I got my big brother to come down here, set the record straight, and now I got a right back to my father through Jesus the Christ. And Jesus wasn't a white man. Jesus wasn't a black man. Truth be told, he was a Nazarene. Right? Look how y'all looking at me in that tone of voice. I'm just saying, we try to make, see, see okay, can, can, I, can, I go, can I go back to what I said originally? Because what's happening in our nation is there's the, the spirit of racism, not the person, but the spirit of racism is trying to get us to look at all of us. We had progressed so far. We had come so far. And then the enemy is trying to, to take us back to a place that we've come from. We need to stand flat-footed and start believing. And say, no, I don't care who in office. I don't care who we vote for. What I'm saying is I'm not going back to an old place spiritually. I don't care what politically is going on. My name is Michael Grant, and I approve that message. Moving right along. 
Third key, third key, identify and address noise. I got to go real fast. Noise is anything that distracts from a conversation. Noise can come in different forms. It can specifically be someone's opinion. It can be literal noise. It can be somebody's cell phone ringing or texting or going off. It can be someone's religious beliefs that are different or contrary from the message of the gospel. It can be prejudice. It can be racism. It can be assumptions. It can be someone's own selfishness. You have to be discerning to identify what that noise is and you got to hit it head on with grace because if you try and tiptoe around the noise they're not going you're going to become noise and the noise will become the message so don't let if even if you got to say if somebody's phone can i give you a second that's you addressing i see that that's distracting you and you make them make a decision no i'll call them back i want to hear what you have to say right how many of you get frustrated when somebody's talk, texting while you're talking to them you ain't paying my attention. I can multitask. No, you ain't. What I say? Uh, you said something like, uh, no, you, see, you don't know what I'm saying. Somebody say effective communication. So we got to address the noise and we got to identify it and address it. First key, know your message. Second key, know your audience. Third key, identify and address the noise. Fourth key, very important, minimize tangents. What are tangents? Tangents are points that are valid but are unimportant. Right. You're talking to someone and they bring up something that's of interest to both of you. And then you end up going all the way off the course of the message that you was originally trying to get across. You don't even remember why you called him. You ever did that with somebody? You call somebody and you say, sir, what's going on? You, you doing a, a, you know, a general common courtesy. How are you doing? And they go off into the spiel of how they doing. You forget why you called them. You say, well, honey, let me just pray for you. I, I don't I don't even remember why I called you. Let's pray and we'll talk later on. You, you, got, you got stuff going on. Father, help him in Jesus' name. Amen. Bye. Because <laughs> you, you, somebody said, you buzzing. You killing my mood in Jesus' name. <laughs> Minimize those tangents. How do we do that? Focus on the message. Stay focused. That's how when you know your message, you want to allow tangents to get you all focused. Like for today, I'm giving you five keys to what? There you go. It came back to you, right? It's been a few tangents, but the message, the focus is making sure we understand to effectively communicate so that we can share our, share our faith. Last key here. Always get a response. Always get a response. What do I mean by response? The response is evidence of the effectiveness of your communication. Got it? A response is one of two things. Follow through or a follow up. What do I mean? If you're trying to get someone into the knowledge of who Jesus is and you get to a point that they just can't get past it, you're going to have to put an ellipsis there. Dot, dot, dot. We'll pick it up at a later date. But book a meeting from that meeting. Got it? Make sure that that conversation that you have, you say, you know what? I'm going to let you go. I know you got to handle some things. I know you got to get some things. I got to get some things as well. But can I maybe call you? Can we meet? Can we have coffee? Can we meet for lunch? Maybe another time later on this week or next week we talk a little more. I say, sure, I'm okay with that. That's an effectively communicated message. Even though you didn't finish it, you got an opportunity at a later date. What you'd like to do is see follow through, right? When the message that you communicated, they made a decision whether to accept or reject. When you do that, you know you've effectively communicated, right? Five keys. First key is know your message. Second key is know your audience. Third key is know the noise. Address it, identify it, and address it. Fourth key is minimize tangents. And last key, always get a response. 
When we do this, we're effectively communicating. And I believe we're going to share our faith, like Paul told Philemon, that the communicating or the sharing of your faith will be more effective. We're going to continue this conversation next week when we come back concerning effectively sharing our faith. And I can't wait to share it with you. Man, I pray you were blessed by that message on today. I just love the word of God. I love how it penetrates our heart and imparts into us the ability to live out the word of God. Listen, concerning your faith, I've just released a brand new book entitled Principles of Faith, Fundamentals to Effectively Live by Faith. And I'd like for you to go on our website, www.michaelgrantministries.net, and I'd like for you to get a copy. Listen, we have it in paperback form and we have it in ebook form. So hurry up today, go on our website and get your copy. And of course, you can continue to follow us on social media at Michael Grant Ministries and then you can always stay tuned to our podcast, which we post on a weekly basis. I appreciate your support. I appreciate your connection with us. And until next time, stay strong in the faith.